Welcome to today's episode of Fire in the Belly. This is where we get to hear some pretty inspiring stories from some amazing people. You know, it's always an absolute pleasure to sit down, take time out and have a warts and all conversation about their journey. I'm always intrigued by what it's taken for people to get to where they are today. And hopefully in this interview, we get to hear some more about that. From this, my mission is to help people to find their own fire in their belly. And from that, to live the mightiest version of you. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. Success is a process, not an event. Hello and welcome to Fire in the Belly. Today we're having myself Mighty Pete and we are joined by the Elizabeth Batala. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Pete. <laughs> Listen, great, great to have you on. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to meet new people. So Elizabeth, tell us, who are you? What do you do and where are you from? Oh, wow. Um, well, as, as, as you introduced me, my name is Elizabeth Batala and I am the founder and uh, uh, executive director of the Institute for Achievement and Excellence. And what that is basically is a series of online masterclasses where we use that to help women, particularly women, it's open to everyone, but predominantly women, level up across nine life areas so that they can assume leadership roles and live a a more lucrative professional and personal life. Wow, I like that. So why? Mm -hmm. What's, What's the intention? What's the mission? Well, to, to explain that, Peter, I, I perhaps need to, to take you back a bit. Um, I have been in the corporate space for more than 30 years in my career. And in that time, I have worked in predominantly male-dominated environments. So your banking, IT, oil and gas, et cetera. And in that time, I navigated that space quite professionally, quite well. And I also mentored women along the way. And they kept coming to me with the same issues, same problems, same concerns. And over that period of time, what I used to navigate that space successfully and what I saw other successful people did as well, I realized it fell into one of nine buckets or life areas is how I call them. And those nine life areas set the foundation for someone to be able to not just navigate that space in a successful way and for them to be able to uh, you know, assume leadership roles, leadership positions, because unfortunately still women are not as well represented in leadership roles in corporate as much as we would like. So would you describe it as almost frustration or opportunity that this all came about for you then? I would say, honestly, a bit of both. Um, I was frustrated at the status quo. I felt that there was a place, you know, for for women to sit on boards, directorship roles that they were not given the opportunity. And it's not because these women were not trying. They were trying. They just the opportunity or the sponsorship for them just wasn't there. And um, so the, the frustration sort of fueled me initially. And then I felt more a positive pull towards making that transition between the corporate world and being an entrepreneur that brought all of these skill sets together. Hmm. It, is, it is always interesting, isn't it? You know, where the women in the workplace, but also then at, at their home and then, then their personal goals and ambitions and then their emotional mm. goals. So it all, I mean, and it doesn't, it's not just females, right? It's, it can be males, it can be anyone. Mm. Oh, yes, absolutely. 
Because, I mean, the workplace is a weird place now, especially, obviously, what we've just gone through, <laughs> that yes. the lines between work and, and personal and professional, and mm. they're all just blurred a lot more, aren't mm. they, really? Mm. Mm. So yes. What, what for you then? I mean, so really going about and setting this up. So your mission then was to, was to enable or to help people to do, to actually to, to evolve these skills? Was that the purpose? What yes, predominantly because what I realized is that there were there were lots of personal transformation programs out there, and then separately a lot of professional development programs, and it, it seemed to be an either or situation. I didn't really see programs that looked at personal transformation and then translated that that upskill into how it can be applied in the professional world, into professional development. And that's why the programs uh, at the Achievement Institute for Achievement and Excellence is, is so unique, because what it does is, is it upskills in the personal area and then use examples from the business environment to show you or to show someone how they can apply that transformation skills into the business environment. So it's a, it's a blend of the two. Well, yes. Before we, before we really get into this, then t- tell me mm-hmm. first of all, what what does fire in the belly mean to you, Elizabeth? Fire in the belly to me means fundamentally what what the institution is really, believe it or not, because I believe in excellence, and excellence is about bringing your best self forward, and it's not it's not in any way perfect, perfectionism because that's unattainable. So for me, the fire in my belly is waking up each day, bringing my best self forward, whether that is, whether that is to others, it seems like a hundred percent or 50% or 4% or 150%. It's my 100%. And that for me, that fire is waking up every morning, facing the day at a hundred percent of who I am as an individual. Have you always had it or is it something that sort of comes and goes in time or do you think, and do you think everyone else has it? That's a really great question. Um, it comes and goes. I mean, f- for me, it's, it's, it's impossible for, ev- for someone to wake up every single day feeling that they can give a hundred percent. And if I were to say that, yes, that's what I do. I would not be, be honest. Um, most days I feel like I can give a hundred percent. And days when I feel like I can't, I just do the best that I can. And, and that is what I mean. It, it doesn't have to be 100% or nothing. Your best doesn't have to be 100% or nothing. It's the best that an individual can do that day with three things, and which, I, which I call their personal resources, based on their time, based on their levels of energy, and based on their levels of finances it can help dictate what they can and can't do in any one day. So for me, um, that, that, is, that is what I mean when I say best self-forward, just doing the best you can each day. And I truly believe anyone and everyone, regardless of age, can do that. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's nice that it's all in there. It's all, we're all capable, right, if we give ourselves the chance. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, do you... Are you clear of your capabilities now? I mean, do you know what you're, you know, are you at the doing what you're supposed to be doing, do you think? I believe that I am. I believe that I am. I mean, in, in life, 
I, I also believe that we change because change happens all the time, internally and externally. What I believe now may not be what I believe in 10 years time, because I know what I believe now wasn't necessarily what I believed 10 years ago. <laughs> so I can answer that question in terms of now. And my now is, yes, I am doing what I feel is right for me, the value that I believe I can bring to the world and the change that I could make, not only for myself, but for every life that I touch. So yes, I'm doing that now. <laughs> oh, wow. So give us a bit of background then. So I mean, the, the Institute of Achievement and Excellence there that you've set up, mm -hmm. you talk about nine areas. Can you give us an example of what those nine areas are that we're looking at? Oh, absolutely. So the nine life areas, I the reason why it's it's important is that I always believe in taking a holistic approach to anything, a holistic approach to life. Um, because when one part of our life suffers, then we, we can still function, but we are a bit off balance. So the nine life areas, it's think of it like a dimmer switch, Pete. Um, you know, with every area that you, you shine that light on, with every part that you switch on, you shine brighter. Yeah. So the nine life areas, they, they fall into what is called the, the three forces in achieving excellence. All right. So the nine life areas, they're grouped and they group into three. So for instance, the first three of the nine life areas, there is your personal brand, there is your demeanor, and there is your personal style. So it's all about you, you as the individual, how you come across, how you carry yourself, your deportment, how you present yourself to the world, the way you look, the way you dress, etc. It's all about you. Those three life areas fall under the force identity, right? Then we move on to your physical health, your emotional health, and your mental health. Those three are all about connections and relationships. Connections and relationships to yourself, with yourself, and with others. And the, 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 the force that that falls under is called connections. And then the final force is status, and that includes the final three life areas, which is how you progress in your profession, your financial health, and how you see the future, your future vision. So those are the nine in total. I, I mean, it's, it's, I love the way you've broken into those sort of different sections so that people can, mm -hmm. you know... I mean, how, how attuned, how accustomed are people to identifying those areas, do you think? I mean, does it, does it take them a while to adjust or to tune into those specific areas to think about it, do you think? No, I think, I think the, the, you know, the vast majority, I, I would like to believe, are astute people. I, I, I look at people, uh, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. I look at people as clever, as smart, as capable. I go into any relationship like that. Because um, I believe we all have the power and the potential within us. So for me, when I, when I explain it, I, I, people get it instantly. I'm saying to you, look, there are three areas you need to, uh, to, to master to become a person of excellence. Your identity, your connections, and your status. And within those three areas, you have three life forces. And they are spread across all three. And most people get it in an instant. <laughs> In your experience, I mean, what what is there a, a certain part that typically 
seems to be most out of connection or out of congruency for you that, you know, because is it identity or connection or status for you? What is there, is there some area that tends to need more work? Do you think? It comes, it depends completely on the individual. Um, so, uh, sorry, are you asking that question in relation to me or in relation to the people that I've, I've dealt with? Well, both, actually. I mean, it's, it's just I'm curious to know how it's, you know, how this journey has affected you and then also your identification with others. OK, uh, for me, as as I stated earlier, I always believed in an, in a holistic approach to life because I felt very, very, you know, very early in my career, actually prior to my career, that when I focus too much on one area to the detriment of other areas, something just didn't feel right. So if I focus too much on financial gain, then maybe my health would suffer or maybe I just wouldn't look and feel my best or maybe my relationships would suffer. So my life just didn't feel quite right. If I focus too much on relationships, maybe I, I let the finances go or I spend too much or I don't budget or I don't track my spend and then I find myself in a bind. Or perhaps, you know, finance is good, relationships is good, but I let my health fall on the wayside. So for a truly happy life, I do believe in a holistic approach, but what I don't want people of what your listeners to feel is that oh my goodness, this is so much. How do I get all of these areas to line up? And what I would say about that is, it's not that you are doing all of these nine things every day. You can look at your life over maybe perhaps a period of a week, at, at, of course, you know, or longer maybe even. But as long as you have that touch point across all of those areas over the period of a week or so, or, or maybe even a month, then it makes sense. So for instance, for me, I use a period of a week. By the end of the week, I would perhaps exercise three times a week, not every day. Um, I may track my expenses every other day, not every day. Um, I may touch base with my mom or have a chat with my mom, you know, daily even. So it, it, it depends. It depends on the individual. But for me, a holistic approach has worked quite well. So it is, especially I suppose in this environment, it is that holistic approach, isn't it, to try and to get that balance. And do you think does it does it take this conscious effort to sit down and to analyze it to see where you're at and where you want to go to to help you to keep that rounded approach? I mean, is that useful? Because I mean, we all have such busy lives, right? Because as you say, mm -hmm. left our own devices will become wealthy but with poor health or will become yes. mindful but with you know with no money or whatever right it, it is if we're not careful it does all sort of fall out of line right mm -hmm. yes there is a way so what what there is on offer uh, again uh, at the institute for achievement and excellence is an assessment and it's free it's a free assessment and what it does is it asks a series of questions and it sort of helps you measure across all of the, each of the nine life areas. And it, 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 sh it shows at the end a, a spider diagram. So you can see as an individual where your strengths are and where, I don't necessarily like to call them weaknesses, but where your areas for improvement needs to be. 
So you may find in answering the questions that your finances are good, your health may not be great, your, your uh, relationships are average, um, but it tests you across all nine life areas. And it takes about 15 minutes to do, so it's not, it's not an onerous task. Um, and it will give you an idea as to where your strengths and the areas for improvement lie. What are your strengths, Elizabeth? My strengths um, at this point in time, it it's sort of even across all nine, because as I said, I really do, I am diligent and I do take the time to ensure that at least I have one or two touch points across each of the nine areas, areas on a weekly basis. Um, but if I have to say my strength, I would say predominantly in the relationships and in the identity area. Um, but all of the areas I give equal attention. I'm quite good at looking at my future and tracking expenses and budgeting because as an entrepreneur, <laughs> it's something we need to do. Um, so I'm quite comfortable really across the nine areas at the moment. I know plenty of entrepreneurs that don't track their expenses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not like yeah. Sometimes it goes well, and sometimes not so much, right? You know, but it's trying to it's trying to get. And and where 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 are you most creative? Then where would be your points of creation? Or is it, you know, do you bring it into your day to day life, or is it getting out in nature, or what? What sort of creates the best version of you, and where would we see it? Um. So most creative, I guess, as with everyone else, when I'm most relaxed. So that's after a good night's rest, um, feeling like I've accomplished uh, e enough for the day. And perhaps I would say maybe on my, my evening walks, because by the time I go to my, I have my evening walks where I live, there are lovely, lovely parks um, where I can, I can walk. And there is a, a beautiful walkway from where I live all the way into the city along the river. So it's quite refreshing. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say at that point, that, that is my meditation. I, I'm not one of those who can <laughs> sit quietly and close my eyes because too many things are happening in my head. But when I'm walking, I can let go. I can look at nature and I can let go. So I would say that's my most creative time. That's a time when ideas come um, very vividly. That, that's my most creative time. And where would then be your flow state? Is it because sometimes it's the same and sometimes it's not? Some people like to be <clears throat> could be getting on stage suddenly they go into flow state of who they are, or it could be speaking to someone, or it's, it's sometimes it's it's sitting down and writing. I mean, is there a certain zone or area that you work best in, or you you produce your best work? I would say definitely speaking with people. So what what, what we're doing here at the moment, mm -hmm. I really enjoy that. Um, speaking with family, friends, I, I prefer the interaction. I, I prefer the one-on-one -on -one -on -one or, or group interaction. Speaking, I, I believe, is my strong point. Mm. Mm -hmm. Interesting as well, because it's it's also in your language, right? You're very, you know, seem to be very vocally or very uh, sound-based. So it's quite interesting that, yeah, that would be, it would make sense that that would be your preferred style. What's, what's yes. your learning style out of interest? How do you learn? Are you immersive or learn by doing or learn by watching i i can learn i think any style whether it's it's experiential or or reading or writing but i think my strength and not because really it's a strength uh 
I came from a, a quite an academic background. And in that academic background, uh, growing up, you know, all through school, we are taught normally to sit in the classroom, listen to the teacher, read what's on the board at university, sit and listen to lectures. So I, I believe that that skill set has developed me more in terms of learning where I can read very quickly or I can listen to someone and retain information quickly. Um, it was only when I started the corporate world and started applying my knowledge that the experiential part of it start to develop. Yeah, it's that. I mean, what, what did the corporate world teach you then? I mean, what were the lessons you learned there? Oh, there were many, many, many lessons. Uh, many positive, uh, some, some not so positive. The, the positive ones, I, I, I believe were to, you know, just, just, just do, make do with what you have. It's, it's not like in an academic world where everything is in the book. All you need is there. You can read and you can then formulate and then put pen to paper and explain. A lot of times in the working world, things need to be done. <laughs> things need to be achieved. Goals need to be met. And you don't have the resources and you don't have the time. And you may not have the support that you need to get things done, but it still needs to be done. So it's, it's about just being tenacious enough and, and, and you know, innovative enough to get the job done with minimal resources. So it, it helped me to be more resourceful. And, and to come up with solutions that you know, may or may not have been um, part of the plan and to accept that things can happen out of the blue because, in, again, going in, in school, things are very structured, so it's quite safe. But in the corporate world, um, things change, the goalposts change. So it's about being able to deal with change in a more adult way. So those were the, the positives. Yeah. Dare we go to the negatives? Um, sure. I mean, as with everything else, there's negatives. It has, there has been too, too many negative um, situations. But I think for me, the, the main negative, and which is what, maybe in, in a good way, it's, it's the reason why I, I created the Institute for Achievement and Excellence. Being in a male-dominated space, I had to be twice as good, three times as good you know, as my male counterparts to stand out or, or to even be noticed for, for doing the job. Um, so it was, it was a challenge. It was a challenge. Uh, I remember being in uh, training in IT. And when I used to train in IT, I no longer train anymore. When I used to, to, to train corporates in IT, and this is by no means uh, putting those down who train sort of your Microsoft Word, Excel, desktop, that by no means it's a skill in itself. But I chose to, to train uh, a bit more intricate things. So like Cisco routers, <laughs> um, uh, silver tech, international silver technology with multiple domains and all of these, these different things and really crazy stuff. And a gentleman walked into my classroom and I was training because I was the top trainer in that space. And I was one of the few people in, in my country that could train that. And which is one of the reasons I was brought over to the UK to actually do that training. And he took a look at me and he walked straight out and he asked for his money to be refunded because he refused to be trained at that level by a female. And, um, 
it, it stung a bit initially. It did. But then I kept going. And I kept going because I sat and I thought about it. And although he was one person who walked away, I had a class of maybe seven or eight people still waiting and wanting that knowledge. So that is what kept me going in that situation. The fact, and, and you know, I will say this to, to your listeners and those who are viewing as well, Pete, that for every one person who just want your service or your time or your effort or the value you add, there are eight, 10, 15 people out there wanting it. Focus on those because those are the ones who count. And that is what kept me going through that negative aspect. Um, but that was the, in terms of negativity, it was pretty much about navigating a male dominated space. Mm. Isn't mm -hmm. it fascinating, you know, and, and the mind, the ego, whatever is so tempted to focus on the one that said no, yes. or, you know, we, we, we forget all proportion. It's like one in X amount, mm -hmm. you know, it's a very tiny ratio and yet we focus the attention on that. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, I think it's, it's a very, very valid point to, to actually do that. Tell me this. I mean, are you, are you generally driven by pain, pain or pleasure <laughs> as an individual? <laughs> wow. But both really, I run from pain towards pleasure or I run towards pleasure, regardless if there is pain or not. <laughs> um, I've never really thought about it like that. I would say, I, I would say perhaps I, I dislike, I, I, I dislike feeling uncomfortable. And I dislike seeing others uncomfortable. Mm. I'm, I'm one of those who wants to fix things and wants to help people. And I, I don't like seeing people uncomfortable. Um, if they are having a great time, oh, great. That's, that's perfect. That's lovely. If I'm having a great time, that's great. That's lovely. I, I totally embrace that for myself and for others. But I, I genuinely don't like to see people in pain. And I... I don't necessarily enjoy being in pain. <laughs> so maybe based on that, it could be the latter moving mm. away from, from pain. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, I think, I mean, my, my gut feeling is probably it's about 80, 20, you know, people 80% yes. away from yeah. pain and because there's so much, right. You know, I mean, it's when you get to the pleasure point in your life that you get to do everything you want for mm. pleasure and for no other reason, then I think you're possibly at a very fortunate place in your life. You know, you mm -hmm. don't have to do it because bills don't have to be paid and you know, all the, all the stuff that comes with it. So I think that that's a very, I think it's a very wise answer, you know, that it, it, mm. it can be both, but also I think it is mindful that we are typically, you know, pain-based, you know, mm. but yeah, what, and, and what inspires you to, to do what you do, you know, to I mean, to set up the Institute and to, you know, to have the courses and provide all these opportunities. What's the inspiration? And the second part of that question is what's, what's the nicest thing somebody could say to you? The inspiration, I think both of them uh, comes, <laughs> it sort of culminates at the same point. The inspiration is being able to make a real, real difference in, in mm -hmm. people's lives uh, through the programs that I offer, through interacting with me, uh, you know, just, just being able to make that difference in someone's life. And, and as I said before, I, I, I genuinely don't like to see people in discomfort. Um, 
And uh, I don't mean discomfort because you, you bought the wrong size shoes or <laughs> clothes don't fit right. I mean, true discomfort. And um, so for me, the, the, the fuel for me is to be able to help people switch on that aha moment. You know, they get that aha moment in, in, in whatever capacity they communicate or they interact with me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that, that, that is what fuels me being able to, to, to make a difference in someone's world. And the nicest thing someone has said to me, ooh, this is something that I haven't really shared anywhere else, but when anyone asks that question, it immediately takes me back to that situation. I, I remember I was, it, it, and it's, it has nothing to do with, with business or, or finance or anything. It was just a genuine compliment. And, and what happened is I was out, I was dressed up to go to an event and I felt really great that day. I, you know, I had on my dress, I had on my makeup, I took my time, I practiced, you know, what I was going to say. I, I just felt confident and great that day. And I was about to step into my car and this, this girl, as she, she's probably a street girl because she was all dirty and scruffy, you know, front teeth missing, hair ragged. So definitely homeless person. And our eyes met and she looked at me and she said, oh, wow, you look so amazing. You, you look so amazing. I didn't know what to do. So instinctively, I, I went into my wallet to, to, you know, to give her some money to help to, to buy something. She said, no, 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 no. I don't want any money. I just wanted to tell you, you look really beautiful. And then she walked away and I, I didn't know what to do. I, on very few occasions, do I not know what to do? I genuinely didn't know what to do at that moment because it felt like such a genuine compliment. I knew she needed the money. I knew she could have done with the money to buy food. She was clearly a homeless person, but for her, she just wanted to give a compliment. She didn't want anything. She just wanted to give a compliment. And I've had many compliments in my life from friends, from family, from coworkers, but there's just something about that compliment that stuck with me for, I just, I just would not forget the expression on her face and the look in her eyes uh, amidst uh, a, a dirty, sh shabby outer appearance. It was such a beautiful thing that she could have done. And for me, I, I went through the rest of my night and everything went well, but I went through the rest of my night with such a humble feeling. I can't, I, I just can't explain it. It was just amazing. <laughs> I know it seems trivial, but I know no. it may seem trivial, but it was just no, no so, thing so touching. Mm. Well, what did you learn from that? <sighs> that you can have nothing in this life and still make an impact on someone, a positive impact on someone, regardless of how amazing that person may look or seem 
on the outside in comparison to where you are in your life, it's amazing what a few genuine words and heartfelt communication can do. It can, it can, it can change someone's life. It can, it can stamp your, your memory, you know, yourself into that person's memory for the rest of that person's life. Hmm. Isn't that, I mean, it's just, it's a phenomenal lesson really, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that despite everything, you know, mm -hmm. someone with potentially nothing has the biggest impact. Mm. Yeah. I would never forget that, that compliment ever. Mm. What are you most proud of in your life? All that I have overcome and all that I have achieved to be where I am today. Mm. I won't change it for the world. It, it's made me who I am. I've overcome a lot of obstacles and I've achieved a lot. I've had some high points, some low points. I've had, had help along the way. I've had hindrances along the way. Um, but, you know, I am where I am and I have worked hard and I'm proud of where I am today. Mm. Are you where, where you're supposed to be? At this point in time, absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely. And where, where do you sit? Are you, are you uh, one for fate or are you one for this? Whatever happens, happens. That's a strange one for me. For me, I, I believe we make our luck. We make our own luck. But I also believe that we, you know, as, as, as human beings, th there are things within our control and then there are things that may not necessarily be within our control. And I recently, you know, I, I, I read something, um, and it's, again, it's, it's part of the, 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 the program that I, I offer. And th this, this area spoke about how, how someone can handle stress and change but it was explained in such an eloquent way. And they looked at it through, this is from the Mayo Clinic, and they looked at it through the four A's. What can you alter, avoid? You know, what, what, so what can you alter? What can you avoid? What can you accept? And what can you adapt? And I, I look at my life like that. Is there anything that I can change that I'm not changing? Is there anything so that's alter? Is there anything I can adapt or maybe tweak? I don't necessarily have to get rid of it. Is there anything I can avoid because um, perhaps I can delegate it? Or is there, or are there things I just need to avoid completely because it's not good for me as an individual? And I try to look at, at things and life through those lenses and make decisions based on that. Because there are things that I have within my control and I can control it and I go full force. And then there are things that are beyond my control, regardless of how much I try, because there are other factors at play. And I just have to learn to let that go and do the best that I can with what I have and the resources that are available to me. And that's how I choose to live my life. <laughs> well, that's powerful. And what, what are your, what are your non-negotiables then? What, what are the, the, the value set or the things that you say it's absolutely must happen or must not happen? Uh, for me, that it, it depends on 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 which on which uh, which area with we're talking about. Again, it, for me, I'm thinking the nine life areas here. So if if you are saying to me, okay, um, 
it has to do with with my professional world. Uh, so in my professional world, I, I absolutely will not sit back and tolerate seeing someone being taken blatantly taking advantage of in my in my personal life as well. Um, but just as an example, um, in my future, my my non-negotiable is not is 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 not believing that you know things can change and things will change for the better. Um, in my personal relationships, a non-negotiable is perhaps treating me or me as an individual with a level of disdain that I don't deserve. So it, it, it depends on which area you're referring to, Pete. I, I do have different non-negotiables across those areas. Mm. <laughs> it's super, that's super interesting. I mean, if, well, let's take it up a step in terms of, you know, if you describe what would be your core value or your, your soul values, if you like. Mm. Just one, to, to be honest, just one thing. To, to move towards happiness every single day and to take as many people as I can along with me. That's it. What does happiness represent for you? Happiness for me represents living a balanced life. And the people that the lives that I touch, uh, family, friends, acquaintances, that they experience and they feel that way as well. Uh, because it's for me, it's if, if I'm healthy, but I, I don't have enough money, let's say, for instance, to make groceries, I, I, I don't feel happy. If I have a lot of money, but I don't have any friends, I'm not going to feel happy. <laughs> so for me, it's it's about having that that holistic, you know, that holistic approach uh, to 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 being happy and and having those elements in balance. And the people around me are in balance as well. For me, that that is what fuels me, and that is what at least makes me feel happy. And <laughs> um, how how do you? How do you see yourself going forward? I mean, do you do you set goals for yourself? Do you vision? Do you brainstorm? Do you plan? Do you you know? Do you have ideas of where you want to be and go, or do you are you generally led by what's happening and and what's possible in the now? Mm, a, a bit of both, a bit of both, because I, I always I'm always looking. Uh, what else can I do? What else can I do to push myself forward in whichever area I'm looking at? So, hence the reason why. I, I, in 2020 of, of all times, I decided to become an entrepreneur to, to, you know, to step out of the corporate into entrepreneurship because I felt at that point in time, I had more value to add and I could have brought all of what I learned in a, in a more comprehensive way to the masses. So I stepped into that role. Um, where is that role going to take me? I don't know. I'm open. I'm open to it. I'm open to the, the possibilities that that would bring. Um, so yeah, for me, I, I tend to, I, I do have plans, but I also keep them quite fluid in the event opportunities come. I'm not so rigid that I don't see the opportunities when they do arise. Yeah, it's, it's always it's seeing the opportunities, isn't it? That's that's such a, a key part to life. You know, it's, mm. with, I mean, with the Institute, you, you offer quite a range of courses, really, don't you? Can you give us an overview of what you offer and, and, you know, what's the best way for people to, to navigate? You know, who the, who's this going to appeal to most? Sure. 
So the in in terms of who is going to appeal to the most, it's 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 mainly for it's predominantly for women. Men can do it too. There's no there's no reason why they cannot. But the, 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 it's predominantly for women, ages from around 25 all the way up to 45. Um, you know, self improvements, personal transformation that's mapped into professional development. It's 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 a broad spectrum. So 25 all the way up to 45, even 50. Um, predominantly women. So that's that's sort of like the the the, the target uh, market, the the audience. And when it comes to the, the site, it's, there is a free assessment and you can use to, to measure or benchmark yourself across the nine life areas. Now there is the, the top tier course, which is called Achieving Professional Excellence, because it's all about bringing or taking that personal transformation and excelling in the business world. So the top tier course is called Achieving Professional Excellence, and that covers all nine life areas. And then what I have done for those who may not necessarily want all nine life areas, I have the individual life areas available as separate modules. So someone can do just the physical health or the mental health or the personal style or the demeanor or perhaps the future vision. There is also a budget tracker that someone can use to track <laughs> their expenses if that's all they want to do. Um, and there is also something called finding your ikigai. And uh, that is, yeah, how you, you know, how you position your, your future in terms of how do you decide what your life's purpose is? It, it's an activity that can help you with that. And so th that's the offering on the, on the website. Just give us a bit more on Ikigai because, I mean, not everyone will have heard of it and it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. It is. So the Ikigai, it's a, it's a Japanese concept. And what it is, it's, it's w what wakes you up in the morning. What, what, what do you feel your purpose is? What gives you energy? What fuels you? That is your Ikigai. Now, the thing is, how can you determine that? So your Ikigai it's normally depicted in a Venn diagram and where the four circles meet, that's your Ikigai. So what are in these four circles? It, the activity helps you identify, first of all, your passion and your passion asks the question, what do you love to do? Then your mission, what does the world need? Your profession, what can you be paid for? And then your vocation, what are you good at? So by looking at all of these four areas, that midpoint, that thing that satisfies those four areas, that is your ikigai. Just imagine doing what you love, being paid for it, you're good at it, and it changes the world. And that world doesn't have to be the entire world. Your world could be your community, but it's your world. That's your ikigai. Mm. It was beautiful. A lovely, lovely mm. explanation. And I think it's so, so powerful, as you say, that to people, to it doesn't it doesn't have to be all or one either. It's, you know, just because you're good no. at it doesn't mean that you can make money at it. And just because you can make money yes. at it doesn't mean it's your passion either. So exactly. it's, it's, it's trying to, uh, you know, to, to get that. I mean, are, are you at that place in your life, you know, finding, you know, if you find your recce guide, do you think, you know, your passion versus your 
you know, your ability to serve and to, to, to sort of earn from? I would say for now, yes. And the reason why I said that is because although there are many people who think, you know, we have one life purpose, let me find that life purpose and let me just do that life purpose for the rest of my life. Now, there are people out there who have, you know, they have one life purpose. There are some musicians who were born musicians and that's all they ever want to do. And they know that from very, very young. Singers may know that from very, very young. Artists or gymnasts or, or whoever, there, there are people who were just born to do what they want, what, you know, what they chose to do. And they're quite happy doing that for the rest of their lives. But for a large majority, our, our passions, our purpose change as we change. What is someone's ikigai 10 years ago may not necessarily be their ikigai now and may not necessarily be their ikigai in 10 years time because circumstances may have changed. They may have changed based on uh, acquiring new knowledge or accessing different resources or interacting with different people. Yeah. So don't, you know, when I always say when someone, you know, when you do this activity, don't just think it's a one-time thing. It's something that you may need to do in three years' time, in five years' time to see what has changed in your life. Um, but for now, I believe that I am living my purpose, my ikigai, because I love doing what I do with the programs and and and, and helping you know you know women excel in the business world where they are, assume leadership roles or in their own business where they secure better opportunities and in their personal transformation and bridging that gap between personal transformation and, and the professional world. Um, I do believe it's something that the world needs. I am being paid for it. And, you know, I'm good at it, or I would like to believe I'm good at it. I have, I have 30 plus years of experience to, to prove that I, I know what I'm talking about. So yes, right now I am living my ikigai in this moment. <laughs> it's beautiful. What a place to be, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Well, what were the in sort of an example of some turning points in your life that really points that you got to in saying enough is enough or a turning point of making a decision? Is there any that come to mind for you? Yes, actually. Um the turning point in in 2020, in, in March 2020, when I decided to become an entrepreneur. I, I remember distinctively, it was uh, one day in, in particular in March. And I don't know what happened in that day, Pete, on that day, about five or six different women came to me in tears because they just they, 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 they felt overwhelmed. They felt underappreciated. They didn't know what to do. Uh, some of it were, you know, in, in the professional, some in personal, but predominantly professional. And I thought, no, I, I can't, I, I can't continue. I can't continue just helping or advising women on the sidelines. I, I need to do this full time. I need to do this. This is something that's you know, long in the making. It's something I should have done a long time ago and I kept putting it off. And at that point, I felt if I didn't do it then, I probably never will. And I decided, okay, this is it. I'm going to do it. And I did. <laughs> How does that feel? I mean, do you, 
to, to get out of your way or to, to put that into place? I mean, was that a big change for you? How did it feel? It was a, it was a big change, but what I would, what, what I would, you know, what for me and you know, maybe what I, not everyone would, would feel the same way, but what I do suggest is that I didn't just leave. I set the scene. So I had enough savings where I could step away from my corporate world without uh, damaging my standard of living. Of, of course, I had to, you know, to, to, to cut back on certain things because I used the, the money, my savings to invest in the business and to get things started and to give me traction to be able to work full time on it. But I didn't just uh, walk away with no plan. I didn't want to build my business from a, a, a place of desperation. So I was very clear uh, in terms of where I was in my timeline in life, financially, professionally, emotionally, physically, everything. Um, I, I, was, I was at the point where I could have made that jump in a successful way, and I did. Um, but I felt at that point in time that that was the opportune time, opportune time to to make that jump because I, I just felt that at that point in time I needed to do that. I needed to take that next step forward in my life. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 beautiful. It makes so much sense for people, you know, that will be thinking of taking this opportunity or yes. you know, deciding to do this for themselves, you know, and. For you, I mean, do you, whenever you're spending time or developing yourself, I mean, do you, are you big into personal development? Are you, you know, do you take time to read or what are your habits? I do read a lot. I do surf the internet uh, a, a bit, not, not too much. I, I tend to read more, listen to, to audiobooks, listen to music, um, do courses. I, I do courses myself. I would perhaps, if a, if a course looks promising, I take that course or do that course. Um, have mentors, speak to people, uh, people who are more experienced, people who are more successful than I am, and and learn like that. I learn from from many different ways. I have many different aspects of of knowledge coming into my repertoire. I don't mm. close off to anything. I I'm always open to learning, and I believe anyone can teach me, not just someone who's necessarily more successful or more experienced. It can be a child. It can be an animal even. Um, I'm just open to, to always learning. If, um, in terms of a bucket list or what's out there, if we were, <laughs> if we were to sort of talk about some of that, what is, is there anything in there that would, you know, we could help you manifest or help you sort of get out there? What's on your list? In terms of the business, I have sort of fundamentally done all that I've, I wanted to do with the business. I'm now in the point of the networking aspect. So I think that there are two things in particular. Um, I, I would like to bring uh, the Institute to light a bit more uh, so that people are aware that this exists and these resources exist. So for me, it's about spreading the word now. It's about engaging and, and, and you know, for people to know that the, this business exists. That and next year, I will be launching a, a book about the three forces and the nine life areas within that so that you, it's, it's clearer for, for, for most who may or may not prefer that style of learning. 
So I, I guess for me, the most important thing right now, Pete, is to just spread the word and just let you know others know that this exists. Anyone who wants to work with me, anyone who wants to engage with me, um, I'm quite open to that, to just be able to spread the word out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's great. It's great. It's definitely, it's, that's what it's all about, right? You know, because we yes. can have all these great ideas, but it is, you know, it's inspiring. Well, it's one, it's putting it into action and two, it's, you know, inspiring others. And that's, that's what it's all about, really, you know? Yes, you know? absolutely. What's, what's a bit of a guilty pleasure for you, Elizabeth? <laughs> guilty pleasure. Wow. Take, take the guilt out of it if you want. I don't mind. Oh. Mm. I, I really just enjoy the simplicity of having the time to spend with family and friends over a nice meal, preferably home cooked because it's, it's just more relaxing that way. A nice, you know, nice glass of red to go with that meal and just, just really some downtime uh, and appreciate the people around me. Um, it, it's for me, that's, that, that's the, the best. It's just the best guilty pleasure or not. It's pleasurable. <laughs> I love it. There's, there's generally always wine or chocolate or crisps in there somewhere. You know, <laughs> I'll have all three, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't care. I don't care who you are or what you are. There's always wine, chocolate, crisps, or something, some sort of beverage. You know, always in there. Food. You know, it, it, it's fascinating that you know we are we all are appealed in in some ways in the same way. So, yeah, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. And leisure and pleasure for you. What does that look like? I, uh, for me, leisure, pleasure, I enjoy walking in the, in the evening. As I said, I, I, I do love nature, love walking in nature. It calms me. It keeps me calm because sometimes my days are, I'm going at 150 miles an hour and that allows me to reset. So uh, for me, leisure will be that again, leisure time with family and friends. Um, I also ride horses. So it's nice to, to get away and ride sometimes, preferably a hack in the countryside. Uh, that's, that's always quite nice too. Oh, well. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, for you, is it, is it, is it forests or water? You know, you, what are you particularly drawn to when you're actually winding down? It depends on what I have access to, because I was I was originally born in the Caribbean, so I, I'm, sur- I'm surrounded by water and island. I'm, I'm accustomed to the sea, um, and and living in the UK now for wow for maybe close to twenty years, um, I sort of took up more the horseback riding in the countryside in nature. That that took that took priority. So in my early years, I would say more the sea. Now it's more about the 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 uh, nature. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, generally, see, like I say, a lot of people seem to like the sea or mountains or, you know, nature mm. just to, to wind down. You know, nobody yet has said the couch and Netflix, but maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we're all, it's, I just, again, it's fascinating that, you know, despite who we are, where we're from, what we do, it, it's, it's, we all have very similar, uh, very similar things, you know, so. What's something that not a lot of people know about you, Elizabeth? Uh, I think what I shared with you, Pete, um, 
how much of, of an impact the conversation with that apparently she I say apparently because she looked it to me that apparently that that homeless I don't know what it was I just think it 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 it, it was someone who needed so much but yet still refused because all she wanted to do was to give um yeah that's not something it's 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 not it's not that i don't have i have a problem sharing it it's it wasn't to the top of my mind and until you at the top of my mind until you brought it up mm. but not many people know that because not many people ask that question so yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, what what did you what did you want to be when you grew up what was the original plan way back it was to be uh, maybe a senior, a senior leader in the banking sector, um, because my godmother was very uh, successful in the banking industry, very successful, and uh, she represented to me, you know, qu quite a, a a powerful combination of uh, being professionally uh, astute as well as personally aware, um, and. Yeah, that that is what I I looked up to, but then I, that's where I started my career, and then realized it 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 wasn't for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing isn't it, how we all start off and where you want to go to, and the influences in our lives. You know, it's fascinating. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell us, I mean, if you were to try and describe your fire in the belly in one or two words, what would they be? Mm. In one or two words, um, hmm. I think it would just be start, <laughs> start. Um, and I say that because there is so much out there. There's so there's so many people with amazing talent, and they are either scared to start or there's always something that prevents them from starting. And for me, I always believe that small, consistent steps can make a great change in someone's life. Mm. And I always believe in starting. Start where you are, use what you have, and do the best you can, but just start. So my fire in the belly for me would be just start because what I've realized, Pete, is that most times once I start, a lot of the fear falls away. A lot of the doubt falls away. A lot of the lack of confidence or whatever, because we all feel it. We all go through it. And no matter how, how confident on the outside we look, there, there's always that little element of, am I doing it correctly? Can I do it better? You know, should I do it differently? Um, th there is always that. And I, I appreciate that. But what I've realized is that once I start, it, it doesn't completely eradicate it, but it's amazing how much of it falls away when a start happens. Um, so for me, the fire in my belly, if I can sum it up in one word, would be start. Just do it. <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah, it's mm. so true. I mean, that's the thing, you know, so many people get caught up in 
hows and whats and whys and all the rest, mm-hmm. whereas just, you know, go for it and see what happens, you know, and what is it to say, uh, you know, sort of do it now and apologize later. <laughs> if <laughs> but, needs be, right? Uh, yeah, and the thing is, the thing is, B, when, 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 when I start, no, a lot of times doors that will close all of a sudden are now open or there is a crack or there is a window that I didn't see before. But I would not have seen that or experienced that if I didn't start. So from without starting, uh, for me, I can't see my way. But once I start, the way becomes, it, 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 it happens one step after the other. It becomes visible. So it's all about starting. Yeah. <laughs> Powerful. Tell us, where can people find out more about you? Where can they learn? Where can they access the Institute? So it is the Institute for Achievement and Excellence. Yes. So, um, where would you like people to go to to, to find out more? The website, um, and I'm sure you you'll put it in in the description and everything like that. But the website is courses with an S courses dot achievement and excellence all one word dot com. So that's courses dot achievement and excellence dot com. Once you go on there, you'll find everything, including the free assessment and all of the programs and the Ikigai and the tracker and, and everything that you need. And all of the, the social links are there. And if you would like to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's Elizabeth Batala. Perfect. Very organized. I, I, I salute your organization and your structure. <laughs> I'm slightly more chaotic, you know, but <laughs> is there a final message you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Yes, I would like to tell your listeners, do not ever, 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 ever (laughs) let anyone take your dreams away from you. Your dreams are unique to you. It's your dreams will help you, you know, make that unique contribution that you want to make. And I would say no matter what. If it is important to you, if it really, really feels in your gut feel that that is what you want to do, do not let anyone take that dream away from you. Mm. Start, start where you are with what you have, do the best you can and prove them wrong. (laughs) So powerful. Elizabeth, it's been beautiful having you on. Thank you for sharing. I wish you all the best. And I know you've plenty coming up as well. So there are lots of exciting things happening. So... Listen, thank you so much. Until the next time. It's been an absolute pleasure, Pete. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you. Well, that was another great episode of Fire in the Belly. You know, this really wouldn't be possible without a great guest taking the time to share their personal journeys. And boy, boy, sometimes it is personal. It's an absolute pleasure to have that and then to hear the journeys that people have been on. We've loads more episodes coming up soon and it's always a pleasure to have guests on. If you do happen to know anyone with true fire in their belly, please reach out to us so we can share their journey, lessons and successes. So all that's left to say is have a great day, live with fire in your belly and be the mightiest version of you.